every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I'm Mike Falkenstein. So glad to be with you. And um, for those of you that tuned in last time, I actually flew solo. My co-host, Ken Watmore, was unavailable and had some uh, some things going, and uh, which actually was kind of nice, but Ken, it's nice to have you back. Thanks for... <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's great to uh, you know, it's great to have you every week, and it's fun to be able to do this together. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great blessing. Yeah, for, for me for sure. So, everything going okay? Going yeah, yeah, going well. As you and I talked, I mean, we have yeah, a lot life, going on, a lot right? going on in life, and uh, it's a busy time, and uh, and that's all. Those are all good things. I think sometimes mm-hmm. you you know, even with challenges that we face, we uh, you you know, if we can see. That that you know we always, we know that there's a uh, struggle for a reason, mm-hmm. um, good, bad, or indifferent. When you when struggle sometimes is just a matter of being busy, um, but even learning how to manage that, uh, manage the stresses that go along with it, uh, to come out of that maybe a, a better, uh, you know, uh, in a better position to handle the next one. Right? I mean, yeah, I think that's that we, right. There's growth always every time we go through uh, busy times, be it work, personal, whatever it is. So uh, yeah, I kind of I I'm. Uh, being thankful for the struggle, even though sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're busy, uh, you're looking for more time in a day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wish you had another yeah. four hours to tack on or something. Well, good. Well, you're, you're exactly right. And, uh, boy, sure. Great. We can through all of that. We've got Jesus to Amen. kind of walk, right. walk through with us. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of help us see it through it. So, well, good. Well, I'm glad that you all have joined us um, today, and we've got a, what I hope is a, is a great episode. Uh, for those of you that joined us uh, last week, uh, I started the first of a five-week podcast series that I'm just calling uh, the Great Commissionless Church. And uh, Ken, you and I were talking about this, you know, my hope, our hope uh, in this series is to not even to you know call out these churches we're really just trying to highlight an issue that we see in the certainly the North American church right and it might be present in other places and then really the the real hope is to then provide encouragement so yeah um, so in the first week for those of you that joined for those of you that were there last week and uh, and heard the episode you knew I did kind of just an overview of what that looks like in terms of the Great Commissionless Church. And so now, for the next four episodes, we're going to look in particular at how does a church exactly sort of exclude the Great Commission in a lot of ways in their churches? How does a church become a Great Commissionless Church? And this reason number one is, uh, Ken, what I'm calling church leaders, they know the biblical texts, but they don't let them sink in. Mm. And 
it is something, you know, you and I were talking about it. It is something that obviously we're talking about the Great Commission in churches, and this is something that happens with church leaders, but it's just as likely for us for us to have that happen to us as well, isn't it? Oh, sure. I mean, it's just hard to sometimes obey things that you know you ought to, and the Lord's telling you to do it, and but we're but we're human too, right? Yeah, that's right. I think that we, you know, often you hear uh, in church uh, being t- it's talked about, you know, meditate on the text, you know, meditate on God's word, and I think sometimes we look at those passages that. Uh, kind of make us feel a little bit better and we meditate on those mm-hmm. um, we stop meditating on the things that are commandments things that tell us to go do something <laughs> that's um, right and, uh, you know it, when it's uh, applicable to our lives we'll stop and meditate on it so when it talks about protection or shelter uh, we'll stop and meditate on it we'll review those things if we're having a bad day we may go uh, look at in the Psalms for something that comforts us or find that mm. David maybe was going through the similar struggles uh, I know that in times when uh, people are scared. You may say, well, go look at this and go look at that. Uh, the truth is, is that we need to meditate on all of the scripture. I mean, That's it's right. all God's breathed word. Uh, and part of that is the obligatory commands, right? Things yeah. That tell us to do something. Yeah, that's right. And you know, the other thing that happens through the word as well, at least with me is, you know, God will speak to me about a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Like you need to go apologize to that person. Yeah. Or you need to go and make things right. And you're just going, oh man, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got it. You know, you know, you need to do it, but that's right. You know, oh, it's just hard. And so, so it's not far fetched to think that there are church leaders who know the biblical texts as it relates to the Great Commission, but they just don't let them sink in. And so, so let's talk a little bit about that. I think you know the you know we've talked about for those that have joined us for previous episodes, you know we've kind of clearly delineated what the Great Commission is. Mm-hmm. We've got these three passages um, Mark uh, 16, 15, Matthew 28, and then of course Acts 1 8. And uh, Jesus clearly in these last 40 days of his earthly ministry was interested in really just a couple of things. And one of them was, you followers of mine, go and make disciples, go preach the gospel, Mm -hmm. go be involved in teaching and baptism and be my witnesses. And I I find that a a lot of times when you find a church that does not have a lot of missions work, the, the leaders of that church speak of the Great Commission because, you know, obviously it's in the Bible, and the Bible, they have to say, is the inspired Word of God, and they have to at least say they believe it, but there's just, obviously there's uh, there's probably a catchphrase for this, but, you know, the it's one thing to have the head knowledge, it's a whole other thing to actually have that translate to feet on the ground yeah, that's and right. action, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think that that's true. I think it's, I think, and we understand for the listener, right, uh, that it's hard uh, because we get so wrapped up. And I do think, like you had said, clearly, maybe in that North American church, we get a little bit more caught up in the uh, bright, shiny things of the world, right? Uh, <laughs> that's right. And and that that can mean valid things, right? Work and family and things that are certainly important and need to be, need to have our attention. Um, it's just that we, I think now we're such a busy culture. And I say this in, you know, as it relates to what we talked about earlier, uh, yeah. and, and me being in a time of just being extremely busy right now, it's very easy to get away from having just the personal time, with the Lord to reflect on what he wants you to do. Uh, and then certainly we 
take away from the time that we're supposed to spend going and doing. Mm. Um, and you know, I find that is, it's so easy to fall into that gap. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Probably the other distinction that I would make too, by the way, is that generally what we're talking about here are church leaders that even as I mentioned last week, I have my, uh, my, maybe somewhat fictional uh, <laughs> account of my my own personal experience of attending churches that, boy, in every other way, it just seems like they're just full on. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they love the Lord in every other way. The worship is good. Yeah. Uh, the men's and women's ministries. And uh, there's just kind of this gap as it relates to local or international outreach and so those people are what we would call, boy, in every other way, man, they're just evangelical, mm-hmm. you know, okay churches. They're, they're they're good churches in every other way. There are churches that, of course, are more on the sort of the liberal spectrum of uh, theology. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, yeah, they just kind of in some ways pick and choose what they what they want to believe yeah. in the Bible, right. you know. But uh, so I don't know that we're necessarily talking about those folks, but, you know, the... I don't know uh, exactly with these churches that we're saying are, you know, in every way they're okay churches. I do think you have a point that, that uh, sometimes just priorities get sort of mixed up. Mm-hmm. I think the the things that they think are most important kind of from God's perspective maybe are not. Right. I mean, I'd rather have uh, a vibrant uh, local outreach program mm-hmm. than some fancy uh, talent show or yeah. other thing, you know chili cook off or you know <laughs> all those things are fun yeah they're neat and they're neat uh, fellowship opportunities right you know but certainly when we look at what the bible wants us to be about as it relates to what it what it, what the purpose of a church is mm-hmm. certainly it seems like it's it's intended to be this hub for the gospel in a local area a place where you know people are coming to know jesus and are growing in their walk and uh are then sent out to Mm-hmm. you know, go and make disciples. So, yeah, it's interesting because I think we spend a lot of time in a lot of churches, um, te- teaching about how to, well, I mean, certainly they teach growth in your relationship with the Lord, which is mm-hmm. great. That is great. Um, and they teach building the inner workings of the community inside the church, which is great. But, but that's then the, after all that, they, now we go into the community and bring people into this already nice working, shiny, you know, squeaky clean model. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think that the, I think maybe what God's point is to go out, bring people in and, and as they come in, start to teach them how to have that better relationship and teach you how to have better community. Um, almost like, you know, it seems like one maybe supersedes the other now and it, and it needs to reverse. It's not that they're both not valuable, yes. um, but the, the more valuable in God's eyes is to, to bring people into the relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and all that other stuff can be uh, going on as well in conjunction That's with, right. not as a, a yeah. separate part, and I'm not saying to negate the those things, but the most important thing is people have to meet Jesus. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, right. That is the most important thing from the church, you know, and and as as a building, and from the church as a a whole, like mm. all of us who make up the church too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad I uh, agree with what you said there. There's nothing wrong with all the right these other activities. In fact, I know uh, both my wife and I in our in our current. It just it's just fun to make friends in yeah. your local church. And uh, we're starting to call those people our faith family. Yeah. I mean, they're really becoming kind of family in a lot of ways. And, 
you know, all of that's great. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so fantastic. The fellowship, all of that's, you know, we, we absolutely have to have it. In fact, one of the, one of the keys to, you know, Christian growth towards, towards kind of being effective in the great commission is, you know, fellowship. I mean, fellowships, you know, quite important mm-hmm. actually. Right. So, but, um, yeah, if, if the church is not a place that is both reaching out to the local community and then uh, training people to then be sent, I think there's just a part of uh, that that we're missing. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, I think you know yeah, when we look at the, the Great Commission. So, so maybe the final thing to say before we take our break is, well, maybe two things. One would be, that uh, a lot of times I find in these churches too that, you know, we'll talk about this some next week, but if the pastor in particular, the senior pastor, uh, doesn't have a, a heart for missions or the Great Commission, right? boy, it's just hard to, it's hard to, to make a go of that. And so we're, we'll talk, you know, in more detail about that next week. But mm-hmm. the, um, uh, the other thing that I would say as we, as we prepare for our break is just that Again, our heart here is to point out some of these things to be able to say, church, let's look at these together corporately mm-hmm. and individually, and then to provide some encouragement. So yeah. uh, so let's maybe take our, our quick break. Uh, we will uh, discuss maybe the more encouraging side of that as we, <laughs> as we finish. Hi, Tom Muller again. I'm often stricken by the passion of the missionaries of the 1800s. They had a clear understanding of the Great Commission command and their responsibility to obey. Listen to a couple of these quotes from these missionary heroes. Hudson Taylor, the first Western missionary to go into the inland provinces of China. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Or how about Henry Martin, missionary to India and Persia? The Spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions The nearer we get to him, the more intensely missionary we become. It is the same spirit that Mike Falkenstein and the Made for Missions team brings to their calling to mobilize Christians toward the Great Commission. For those who want to join Mike and the team with that same zeal, I would encourage you to visit MikeFalkenstein.com and peruse the website and join Mike and his team and mobilizing Christians toward the Great Commission. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for uh, sticking with us uh, through our break. It's always nice to hear from our friend Tom Muller. Ken, I think you know Tom as well, don't you? Yeah, only a, only a little. But, okay. Uh, you know, uh, he's from, a good guy. He's a good guy. From yeah. having been on the, the station that... Tom's out and then having uh, sat with Tom at a dinner for a China resource. Actually. Oh, okay. Uh, I got to know Tom a little bit, but, uh, but only to that extent, but what a wonderful guy. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's always fun to hear from him and boy, we should have him come as oh, a that'd guest. Be great. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. So, uh, so we're talking, uh, Ken, about, uh, church leaders that know the biblical texts about the great commission, but don't let them sink in. Mm-hmm. And of course we want to not only point that out, but really the heart is, you know, with this podcast and the other things that we have on the website is to mobilize Christians towards the great commission. So this is an, a, we want to be down on these churches exclusively, right? Actually, we want some action and to mobilize people towards greater effectiveness. So um, so as it relates to church leaders, 
I guess one of the first things that I would encourage church leaders to do is to, you know, to listen to or to to read the news kind of with the Great Commission in mind, you know, mm-hmm. because like we see these things about uh, Syria and the refugees and the, boy, if you take that in kind of a uh, go and preach the gospel to the whole creation we see in Mark 16, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be witnesses. I mean, it just kind of, as we, as we, we have a, maybe a great, our great commission lenses on and we see what's happening in the world. Yeah. Uh, it changes our perspective, doesn't it? Sure. It definitely should, uh, affect us on a heart level. Right. I mean, to, I think to look at what's happening in our world now, we should, we should be, you know, tremendously, uh, concerned and motivated. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so the hope then would be that these uh, church leaders, folks who know the biblical texts go, wow, there's God's involved around the world. Yeah, and right. boy, there might be something that we can do, Yeah, you know, uh, personally. Sure. So uh, so I would say maybe the an- another suggestion that, w- that would be good is, of course, you know, it would take a church leader that recognizes, yeah, I've not, I've not taken these you know, these great commission commands very seriously. But boy, I always like when I walk into a church to see a wall that has like a world map. Mm. And, you know, I mean, even if you're not supporting any missionaries or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially if you are to be able to then mark on that map, you know, where those people are. Yeah. I think it's just kind of a, a weekly reminder as you're walking into the church and certainly for the church leaders, if they, if they have an office there, maybe a daily reminder yeah that boy there are there are a lot of people around the world who are yet without jesus and you know we have some clear commands to yeah to go do something about that that's right you i know? think it's interesting that you say that about the map because one of the things i've always liked i've seen in some smaller churches mm-hmm. um where they have a map uh and they have the pinpoint of where they have missionaries working and then they have pictures of the missionaries um and you can even have little cards that say you know take a card to pray for this family or yeah. to pray for this family right. or to be in, you know to get more involved to support them because as we talked before it's you know if you're not going then you should be sending and uh That's you right. know, there's there's ways to support these missionaries that are out there i i i like that idea of having a you know, a reminder of where you have people and where, and, and also that visually shows you how much more uh, space there is out there to, to that's right. get involved in. Yeah, that's uh, right. So I think that that's pretty good, and that's, pretty good idea. Yeah, that's fun. So uh, I would sort of assume that if there are church leaders that uh, know the biblical text, but they don't let them sink in, you know, they they may have sort of a, the church, them their churches themselves may have a mixed involvement in great commission work themselves obviously what you said is right that mm-hmm. if you're if your church is supporting missionaries to be able to put those on the map as well and where they are and whatnot mm-hmm. if they're not supporting any i would just i mean there are missions organizations you know all over the united states canada you know the yeah. just get in touch with some of those folks and have them there they're always happy to bring someone to come tell. Oh, sure. You know, so kind of the point being, you know, meet a missionary. Yeah. You know, because when you meet missionaries and you see kind of their heart for the lost and their heart for, I mean, it's infectious, right? I yeah. Mean, when you talk and boy, it's amazing. And all, the other thing is these stories. I mean, you hear about what's God, what God's doing in Africa and Asia and, uh, you know, it tends to be actually that if you're a, a North American church leader and mm-hmm. a North American Christian you know the the things that God is doing in some of these places, uh, in other places around the world, is just amazing. And yeah. boy, that 
can be motivational, right? I mean, yeah. the, the example I always use with our ministry in China is that when we do our Bible distribution events, we talk to the people who've received our Bibles, and a lot of them have stories of coming to know Jesus through illness, actually. Mm, so yeah. what happens is they get sick with something, their local doctor, I mean, their health care's not good at all, mm-hmm. says, we've got nothing we can do for you. They have people that they know who are Christians. Uh, you know, uh, they say, well, come to our church, we'll pray for you. Uh, we see a lot of healing mm-hmm. of these diseases that otherwise there was no cure for. You know, God has actually still healing disease. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't even believe that, that that was happening still today, partially because we don't see that a lot in the United States. Right. But, but if it wasn't for my, my personal involvement, you know, in other places around the world. Right. And so, you know, you get to see that and boy, you would have to think it would just rejuvenate that God's really doing something here. And then hopefully the idea would be, okay, Lord, what is, what is it that you can do right. through us? Right. That's interesting. I, that's probably a whole nother topic we should go down the road with is that whole idea of, you know, why do we, you know, do we not see uh, heal or maybe our eyes aren't open to the healing that goes on all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- whereas in other places where they're, uh, their need for God to heal is right in their face so much more, right? I mean, it's the poor medical conditions, all those kind of things that, yeah. uh, and maybe in, in those areas where they, you know, are, they're so dependent on the Lord for everything, um, that, you know, maybe they recognize it more. I don't know. I don't, again, that's another whole topic. I did want to go back to what you were saying though. Sometimes with our churches in the, in this idea of the great commission, I think that, a lot of the local churches that, you know, have a nice church community that they are doing the potlucks and everything's going well. And I think they may feel like they're accomplishing the great commission sometimes because things are going well. But the truth is, is that, you know, even to reach into their community, you have to kind of pull the shade back a little bit. You can't, uh, we can't be content ever or complacent ever in the, Mm. the mission of the church. It's not, uh, the growth of the church building or congregation necessarily. It's the, it's where are we reaching beyond those walls, uh, mm-hmm. regardless of whether maybe those people are going to different churches, but how are we getting to them? Not just expecting that if we make this church really warm and friendly and fuzzy and kind and good and all that kind of stuff, that people are just going to come in. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and they maybe are mistakenly thinking that, well, when, we're, we're at such a nice place and people come in and visit and they like it that we're doing a great job of the Great Commission because we're attracting people to us. And that's not the goal. The goal is to go find the people who aren't being attracted to you and make right. you know, and share how beautiful Jesus is and this, mm-hmm. this, the best news, that you know, the good news of the gospel so that people are meeting Jesus, not meeting your church building. Yeah, that's right. Boy, that's really that's really powerful because as you were talking, I had two quick thoughts. One being that it's okay to make it warm and fuzzy and mm-hmm. whatever. If if the goal is, boy, we've got teams that are going around our neighborhoods and you know, we're training our people to, you know, to share with their office mates and to be able yeah. you know. The idea being that, you know, as you're sharing, you have a great place to bring them in. I mean, you can be salt and light in that way, right? Yeah. And you can say yeah, these people come in. The, man, these Christians are—they're just different. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that can be a part of the evangelization process, right? Right. Uh, the other idea, the other thought I had was just as you were talking, 
you know, I was thinking about here where we live in South Denver, we have, we have two Mormon neighbors. Yeah. That's what the Mormons do. Oh yeah. Uh, they just want to make it, oh, we've got such, we've got such great families and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and so if we're no better than the Mormons I and mean, if we're doing the same tactics that they are, you know, there's just something wrong with that. Right. I mean, yeah. there has to be more. That's right. You have to bring in Jesus and you have to actually tell about him. And, you know, I think there's, yeah, it can't just be. We want to make this a great place that people want to come to. That's right. And it's interesting because you had mentioned like it, it would being no better than the Mormons. I think at this point we're doing a much worse, a worse. job. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's not a neighborhood here in the South Denver area where you can't see any day of the week uh, two people in white shirts, black ties, black pants, riding around on bicycles, knocking on doors. And it used to That's be right. common for the church in North America to have visitation crews that would go around and knock on doors and talk to people and invite them to church and ask them to, if they needed prayer and all these things. And, you know, we just don't see that anymore yeah, at all. That's right. And I think there's a genuine, uh, maybe even a fear in the church that you know we are being shunned by most of the political climate in north america Mm. um so we are we're shying away from the things of that nature but the truth is you know i mean going out and bussing people into church and uh, yeah that's right get get involved in your community in different ways even if you're shunned even if people are uh not so receptive it still needs to be done yeah that's right now you've given me a good idea maybe we should have a Made for missions. You and I, we go out on Saturdays. Yeah, and start start hitting doors. And well, we yeah. probably should. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be probably a lot of should. fun. And yeah. actually, that'd be a lot of fun. It would be fun, wouldn't it? So, uh, my final thought about the um, this topic in, in in an encouraging sense is, uh, you know, the first I'm trying to do the math in my head. The first six or seven years of my ministry, I was involved with international student ministry, mm-hmm. and in particular with Chinese students and. Boy, the thing that you find as you do any sort of rudimentary research on international people living in your area is that they're they're all through your area, right? right. I mean, if you've got any kind of small college, university, you know, mm-hmm. trade school, you know, whatever, there's probably people from other places that right. are there. And so I, just as a way to kind of just that introductory how to be involved, you know, there are, I mean, the world is really coming to us. Right. I mean, I just saw a thing, something about, um, you know, there's some, you know, 130,000 Chinese international students now in the U.S. Mm. And, you know, you can reach them here. Yeah. You don't even need to go there. And it's, a, you know, just getting involved with internationals in your area is just a neat way to kind of initially maybe take that first step to uh, allow God to allow those biblical texts to sink in. Because again, right. when you when you read, go and make disciples of all nations and the nations are coming to us, mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, there's some real neat opportunity there. So, uh, so Ken, we're um, about done with this episode. What final thoughts do you have for folks? Um, you know, I think just encouraging, again, I think we've talked about this before. We're talking about the Great Commissionless Church. Um, I think if you're part of a church body that is, uh, you know, doing seemingly everything right, um, yet there's not groups of people that are going into the community mm. or going into uh, other areas of the, the world, um, then I think that's an area that you can address with your church and maybe develop a committee to, I mean, people love committees, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> what we don't need is more uh, 
more groups probably uh, in administrative roles, but I think that uh, it's good to develop a committee of people that want to explore how do we get more involved in missions here locally and how do we get involved in missions abroad. And if that means that you start with, let's get somebody from the rescue mission to come in and talk to our church. Let's mm-hmm. get somebody from a uh, you know an, an, a ministry that's sending people abroad. Let's get them to come in and tell us what they're doing mm. um, and see what the reaction is. I think you'll find right away that um, you're going to have a handful of people in the church that are immediately drawn to each of those things. Yeah, that's uh, right. And then that's how you start. Yeah, I think that's great. And I would just tag on to that and say, almost, I mean, you've really hit the nail on the head. Uh, yeah, Ken, I think you're right. You know, you're right. You're hitting the nail right on the head. And the one thing that you were saying that you weren't actually saying is that if your church is in, is fantastic in every other way, but not reaching out to the community, that's not okay. Right. And there, you can do something about it. That's right. Right. Yeah. I guess that would be my... That would be my uh, my encouragement to folks is that, and by the way, just quickly, not only can you do something about it, there are just these really easy, simple, I mean, you don't have to start huge. You can just start something really small yeah. and easy and, you know, do a little study on these texts. And, you know, I've often recommended in, in churches that I've been involved with was at the very least amongst people who are members at your church, each person should be able to share the reason for the hope that they have and be able to do a very simple gospel presentation. Sure. Right. Right. Uh, and if you're not, if you're, if everyone in your church is not doing that, that's probably the first indication that your church leaders haven't allowed the biblical text to sink in. Right. Right. Because at the very least we ought to be teaching our people to, to, to share the gospel and to share the reason. And, and it's, I think people shy away from that because it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number one is it is actually easy because it is just your story. Number two, it's such a faith building activity, yeah. you know, because yeah, you got to rely on the Lord to yeah, <laughs> to be right. to be the one to speak through you, right? So right. anyway, folks, thanks for joining us. We've had a great time. Uh, Uh, recording this episode. Hopefully you've had a great time listening to it. Uh, Be sure to to share the episode with people that you think might uh, enjoy listening to it. Uh, For those that want to get in touch with Ken or I, um, my website again is mikefalkenstein.com. My last part of my last name is S-T-I-N-E. I'm at uh, Missions Mike on Twitter. Uh, Ken is at Ken What More, and his last name is just the, the words What and More. And so you can get in touch with him. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.